Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. Good morning, Hope Church. Hope you're all enjoying the beautiful weather we're having lately. And uh, for those of you who are getting a little tired of this series, I get it. We're still in the middle of this You, Me, and God series based on the Enneagram. And I want you to know we are two-thirds of the way through now. So hold on. We're getting there. Um, And if you are new and you do not know what I'm talking about, what is this Ennea? This is a personality resource or tool that we've been using and kind of combining with scripture, looking at it through the lens of scripture to help us really understand our identity in Christ and how our personality plays out in that. Um, It helps us to grow closer to God. It helps us to have more compassion and empathy for other people around us and to recognize that truly we are all made uniquely um, on purpose and for a purpose in the image of God and um, we are going through, there's, there's nine different personality types, basically. But if you've been following along, you notice that there's a lot of interconnectivity between these numbers. And um, I would say this, if you have gone through, if we've gone through a couple messages and you sit, are sitting there thinking, how could somebody possibly think this way? How could somebody possibly act this way? Um, I'm going to tell you this right now. If there is a number or a personality that you have a really hard time understanding, it's probable, probable that you need that personality a lot more than you realize. You need that personality more than you realize because, um, actually fittingly, today is um, Pentecost Sunday where we celebrate when, um, when the Holy Spirit came on the people and gave them all different gifts. And the Bible um, reminds us, Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13, that we are in a body of believers and all of this all of the people in this body have been given different gifts by the same Spirit. And he, he says that whether we're Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we're all given the one Spirit to drink. And this body that we're in has many parts, but we all work together. And so he says, if all of the body were eyes, where would the sense of hearing be? I could translate that to our personalities, right? If we were all easygoing peacemakers, then where would our honest confrontation come from? And if we were all efficient multitaskers, where would our our sense of completing something with excellence and perfection come from? And so we all need each other, and as we're going to talk about a little later, I believe that each one of us is actually a unique reflection of a piece of God's own personality, because I think that God encompasses really all of these, and that's why he understands each of us so well, which is really important for today's number to hear. Uh, Because today we are going to be talking about the number four, which is sometimes called the individualist or the romantic. Um, But the individualist, that romantic, um, one of their deep fears is that they are not understood. And so hopefully as we go through, you'll understand how deeply God understands and loves you as you are. All right, so let's look at the fours for a second. Uh, A few words that could describe a four are creative, supportive, maybe artistic, moody, unique, Caring, having good taste, non-conformist, self-aware, and self-expressive. Now, when they're not healthy, a four can maybe be a little self-absorbed, absorbed, envious, temperamental, or maybe dramatic. Um, they can sometimes also be seen as aloof. 
So again, like the stereotype for a four is the moody creative, right? But that does not really get to, to the real heart of who a four really is. You might feel like you're a four if you constantly feel like something is missing from your life. Maybe you're always just searching for that thing that you think is going to fill you somehow and it just kind of never feel like you find it. In fact, a lot of times fours have this belief that they have a tragic flaw, something about themselves maybe that they were born with that they just don't feel like they can fix and maybe they're trying to compensate for that or overcome that in their search for purpose in their life. Um, It can be easy for a four to live in the past or the future, but it's hard for fours to live in the present. And that's partly because as a four, you're kind of looking back to the past and saying, if only, you know, maybe maybe if only I had done this differently or this had happened, maybe I would still have that thing that I think I lost. Or maybe you're looking to the future because you feel like, okay, that's going to, when I get to the future, maybe I'll finally have it. I'll have that thing I'm searching for. It's hard for you to stay in the present. Fours really need to feel that they have purpose, um, and they need to feel unique to feel valuable. They're also a little stubborn, like our nine peacemakers. Um, In fact, you may find that if you're a four, you ask people for advice and then immediately reject that advice. Okay? And part of that, I think, might be because fours, because you feel misunderstood or you feel like no one really understands the scope of your emotions and your feelings, you might ask for advice and then think, Okay, yeah, but you don't really know me. How could you dare how, you know, give me advice when you don't understand me? Uh, so check yourself. You might be a four if you have a hard time accepting advice. Fours are probably the most emotional number on the Enneagram, okay? And I don't think fours would, would challenge you on that, actually. Um, in fact, you might find if you're a four that literally within an hour, you might have like 10 major moods in that, within the span of that hour. And I'm not talking like little, just like, here we are. It's like a four can go up and down and way back here. Um, in fact, I think uh, fours can really sit in negative emotions more than the rest of us. And so a lot of times from the outside, people might say, oh, this, this person seems like depressed. And, and fours, you're like, no, I just, I'm really comfortable with melancholy. And that's okay for you. Um, my friend Brandy, who is a four, says this, being a four can be really difficult. I feel emotions so deeply and I'm very comfortable sitting with negative emotions in particular. This can be hard for myself because I find it hard not to sit with those emotions for too long. But I find that because of this, other people feel comfortable coming to me with their negative emotions. I'm able to hold space for them and they can talk about these feelings and experiences without trying to pretend that they don't exist. But she adds that as a four, it's frustrating when others don't take the time to really listen and understand her experiences or feelings. And Brandy's comments relate to the motivation of a four, which is to really, truly experience feelings, to be understood, to seek purpose, and to avoid being average or ordinary. The worst thing for a four, if you're like, oh my gosh, we have the same shirt. Ah." Fours are like, oh my gosh, I was trying to be different. Um, A four wants to be different. They want to be unique. In fact, some fours will be literal creatives, artists, maybe photographers, um, writers, whatever, something that they can be expressive and creative. But I will tell you this, even if the fours are not, don't have a job that's related to the arts, you will not find them doing an average, ordinary, routine job. You might find you're a four if you find yourself constantly explaining yourself to other people or like over-explaining. And I think this is because, again, fours feel misunderstood. They don't feel like people understand them. So they're like, I just need you to understand. I just want to keep explaining this until I see this like, look of recognition in your eyes, like you finally understand what I mean. So fours, we have to be careful because sometimes we can 
we can overexplain, and we don't understand that maybe not everyone is always going to understand the full emotions that we have. You could be a four if you frequently say things like, if only, or, man, nobody gets me. Nobody gets me. A four's deadly sin or weakness is envy. Again, because you want to be special, you want to be unique, and you feel like if you can't be unique, you can't be valuable, and so you're constantly kind of searching for that. And sometimes then you look, and again, in our culture today, it's so easy to have social media and look at everyone else, and honestly, everyone else, it, you know, like there's all these influencers who seem very unique, and, and they've got these followings, and you might look around and say, I want to be like that, but I can't be like that, and so I don't feel like I matter. Sometimes this plays out in a team. For instance, if you're a four and you're working in a group, you really want to feel like you can contribute something unique and valuable to that team. Um, I have a wing four, so I can relate to this in, like I, I would sing up here in worship teams sometimes, and I would find that I love to harmonize. And when I harmonize, I feel like I'm offering something, like contributing something valuable to the group. But sometimes we'd get up here and the worship leader would say, okay, everyone's just going to sing melody for these next three songs. And I'm like, what? Melody? You want me just to, just to blend in with everybody else? Like, no, fours, fours want to have that unique thing to offer. So, as a four, sometimes you need to recognize that, that that can cloud your ability to be a team player. So sometimes you need to look at, okay, I just need to contribute even if I don't feel like I have this unique thing to add. Um, but if you're leading a four, if you've got someone on your team or someone, maybe a kid that's a four, sometimes when you're able to let them run with a creative idea and feel like they... Um, they are contributing something unique. You may be surprised to find just how motivated they are and, and just um, the kind of creativity they come up with. So fours also are very relational. Fours want and long for deep, meaningful connections. But fours also fear abandonment. Um, and this could be, you know, people say that, that maybe fours in their childhood uh, felt abandoned. Maybe it was a divorce, or maybe it was um, a friend that moved away. It could be a lot of things, but fours maybe have this fear that people in their life are not necessarily going to stay with them forever. And so you might find that if you are a four, that you kind of do this push and pull thing with people. You kind of, you get insecure and you need people, and so you pull them close, but then you're afraid they're going to abandon you, so you kind of push them away. Um, and so maybe if you're a friend to a four, you might notice this. And maybe that's, maybe that's a good way for you to say, hey, my friend just needs some assurance, and they're not, this isn't personal, they just, they're just in this, in this place in their mindset. Um, fours, I think we also do this with God a little bit. I think sometimes we can feel like, oh my gosh, God, I need you so much, I am desperate for you, and we can feel his love, and we can have those good moments, and then we start to feel like, well, what if God's not really going to be there? And maybe we start to push God away a little bit, or we feel that distance, because we're like, what if God wouldn't actually love me as I am? What if I'm too much for even God? I don't know if you've ever felt that way. And I hope you know that that is not true. And God will always be there for us. Okay, we've been talking also a little bit about wings. Each number has two numbers on either side of you that you can kind of draw some aspects or characteristics from. Um, so the four can have a three wing, which I talked about a couple weeks ago. That's the performer, the motivator, um, or achiever. And they could also have a wing five, which is the observer, and that's in like the thinking triad. 
So as I mentioned in my three message, if you are either a three with a wing four or a four with a wing three, you're probably going to have a little bit of a tension because fours want so desperately to be authentic, and yet threes kind of want to present this likable or successful image. So if you're a three with a or sorry, a four with a wing three, you might find a little bit of that tension where you want to be authentic and you also want to tone down a little bit of your maybe drama or emotions to be socially accepted. Um, Crone and Stabil would say that four-wing threes want to be the most unique and the best. But the good thing about having a three-wing is that fours are more likely to act on and accomplish their creative goals. So that can be a positive of kind of leaning on the three for, um, for support. Fours with a five-wing tend to be more introverted and introspective. Um, because they're in that thinking triad, they're a little more reserved and intellectual. But the beautiful thing about the fives is they need less to be approved or seen by others. So that can be, again, a, a healthy thing to draw on from that number. Okay, we've also been talking about each number. Really, the goal is there's a healthy version of ourselves and there's an unhealthy version of ourselves. And none of us really wants to look at the unhealthy version, but if we can, if we can recognize those unhealthy patterns within our relationship, we can surrender those to God and kind of let him work through them. So fours, you should know that in, when you're feeling stressed or unhealthy, you take on the negative aspects of the number two helper. And here you become a little needier, and you need more assurance and validation, you're more dependent on others, and you can actually sometimes try to, try to play this unique or special role by playing the victim um, to kind of get attention. However, when you're in health, you take on the positive aspects of the one reformer or perfectionist. And here you have more self-discipline, you are more grounded in the present, you're a little better at problem solving. Um, and here you also know, and this is key for fours, that you can have feelings without necessarily having to act on all of them or explain all of them to others. In fact, the virtue of the four, or the, the helpful action for fours, is being able to balance those emotions uh, Cronin Stabil would say, you are not your emotions, and sometimes you need to be able to separate um, like who you are from the emotions that you're feeling. Because bear in mind, if you can be up and down 10 times in an hour, then probably your emotions aren't like the best anchor for you to, to be basing all your decisions on. Um, the other thing that would be helpful for you to notice, I think fours can sometimes be easily offended. And again, you're kind of just reacting to things as you're feeling them. But recognize that maybe, maybe not everyone who says something, if you can slow down and listen to what they're saying, maybe the intent behind it is not um, as critical as you think it is. Um, so again, learning to rest in, embrace your feelings, but don't let them drive the car the whole time. Okay, when fours are in health, though, I want to I let you know there's three... I think really important gifts that fours bring to the body of Christ and to the world in general. The first is beauty. A.J. Sherrill from the Enneagram for Spiritual Formation says, fours can unlock beauty in the world for others. They unlock beauty. Think about this. If you're, if you're someone who's constantly like practical, very much in your head, very pragmatic, or you're someone who is like the perfectionist who just wants to get everything right, or maybe you're the three who's like, okay, I gotta get things done, I wanna be productive, we can lose sight of the beautiful things around us. We can lose sight and, and lose touch with the, the artistic, the creative, the poetry. And I think fours help to draw that out in us and show us that. And that's a really beautiful gift. The second thing is that fours can become a safe space for others. 
Brandy touched on this a little bit, because she's comfortable with the negative emotions, she then has people that come to her because they know they can just say what they need to say without her trying to fix them. Now, I think sometimes we, we need this so much in the, in the church because I've talked to so many people over the course of the years who come into church and there's a part of us that walks in and we feel like we have to kind of, all right, I'm in church, put on the happy face and praise God, I'm here and everything's great. And sometimes we just need to remember that it is okay to come in not okay. And to be honest, it is okay to sometimes leave still not okay. Not everything that we go through is going to have a quick fix. And I think fours allow the space for us to feel those emotions. And that's a gift. They're not going to give you a pity or pat answer. And I think um, that helps us to be able to share honestly. The third thing I think that fours really can bring is a sense of lament. We don't talk about lament all the time in, in the church, but I think that it can be really appropriate sometimes to recognize and to grieve um, or to process difficult things um, and to realize that melancholy emotion is not always bad or wrong. We're going to touch a little bit more on this idea of lament later um, towards the end of the message. But here's a few things I think fours need to hear from, right from God. First of all, I'm going to share this verse that was significant to Brandy. And guys, I think this, this is really important. Brandy talks about how she doesn't really feel like she's connected or belongs. And maybe if you're a four, you really struggle to feel like you belong. In fact, Brandy says sometimes she feels like the outcast even or the black sheep, which made her think of this passage, which might encourage you. Matthew 18, 12 through 13 says, What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 in the hill and go and look for the one that wandered off. And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. And Brandy says because she often feels like that lost, forgotten sheep, she desperately needs this reminder that God is her good shepherd and he has not forgotten her. And some of you need to see that, to know that, that God says, you're, you're that one sheep, you are special to me, you matter to me, and I'm coming to look for you. You're mine. This next verse is similar, and I think it's a reminder. Um, it's also a representation of fours. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9 says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Fours, you are persecuted, maybe, but not abandoned. Never abandoned by God. Struck down, but not destroyed. And they, again, we, we need this reminder that we're not abandoned by God. And I think this verse also represents the gift that fours bring because this verse really talks about the tension. We are, we are in the world and we're waiting on this coming kingdom. We are waiting on, on the holy, um, being made holy. We are waiting on the full promises of God. But right now, we live in a broken, fallen world. And I think fours help us to recognize that tension of the here and not yet. They allow us to sit there in that difficulty. All right, fours, here's a couple challenges for you, though. Uh, I'm going to read these two verses back to back, and I'll explain them a little bit afterwards as I go. Uh, the first is Colossians 3.3, which talks about Christ dying for us. And it says, Christ died, and now, because of that, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And 1 Thessalonians 4.11-12 says, Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. Okay, for a four, if you're a little triggered by this idea of your life being hidden or, or trying to live a quiet life, you, you might react to that. You might think, no, I need, I need to live, like, I need to stand out. I need to be unique. I can't, I, I don't know what this means that I'm hidden in Christ. Or I don't know what it would look like to live a, a quiet, ordinary life. But I would say this. 
What if, as a four, you don't become that unique and famous and quirky mu musician? What if you don't achieve that thing that feels truly unique and you feel like might give you purpose? What if, instead, you live your whole life and it feels mundane, but you live it in obedience to God, humbly submitting to his purpose? Would you be any less significant? I say absolutely not. And I want you to know this. God is complex and his glory is far beyond what we could even understand and he's chosen, again, for each of us to uniquely reflect part of that. And so when, when we say that your, your life is hidden in Christ, that means you share in that glory with Christ and your significance is rooted in him. You are a unique reflector of God, period. I actually wrote a book a while back called How to Be a Moon, and I feel like it was this idea God gave me that, you know, so much of our lives, I'm sure it comes out of my, my like, achiever and my need to be unique, that whole three, four that I have going on, but... We strive so much sometimes for significance and we want to be the shiniest or the brightest or the most unique. And I think God says, hey, listen, I have designed you to be a moon. And that is beautiful, but the beautiful thing about the moon is that it gets to reflect the glory of its maker. Okay, so you don't have to strive or try harder to be significant. You can reflect who I am to a world that desperately needs my light. It takes the pressure off because it means you don't have to produce that significance. And this goes for all the numbers. Nines, that means if you feel overlooked by others sometimes, you have incredible worth in God's presence. Eights, you don't have to constantly be fighting and winning a justice battle to be seen and significant. Ones, you don't have to be perfect all the time to matter to God. Twos, you don't have to constantly be helping others in order to be significant. Threes don't have to perpetually be achieving or accomplishing more to find value. And fours, you don't have to discover a uniqueness that will give you purpose or worth. We all share in this incredible glory of God as reflectors of him. And listen, it is your birthright as children of God. It is not a prize you have to win. Finally, for fours, I would say this. Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. For as you need to recognize that the time that you spend being envious of others or looking at others and wishing you had what they have is time that literally, literally is eating up or leading to decay. It's, it's eating up time that you could be investing in being creative and living out your purpose that God has called you to. In fact, Suzanne Stabil would say, um, that you need to recognize, and this is not a pride thing, you need to start to recognize the things that come naturally to you that do not come naturally to others. And as you recognize what comes naturally to you but not others, you begin to realize your worth and, the, and the part of the gift that God has given you that you need to share with the world. God made you good. As we wind down here, I want to I share about um, one person in the Bible that could be a four. I'm not sure. I'm not going to... Say that 100%. But I, I do want to share this. Um, I think back to the idea of the church and how we sometimes feel like we have to put on this happy face or be perfect. Um, I think there's also sometimes some personalities that we kind of want to put a positive spin on things. Man, we just want to live in the resurrection of Christ. And sometimes I think we just want to gloss over the pain of Good Friday and the silence of, of that Saturday and, and just go right to that resurrection Sunday, right? And it can be easy for us to want to see the, the, the resolution and the ending that we know God has for us. But if you look at Scripture, especially if you look at the Old Testament, I'm talking like the Psalms, a lot of the Psalms, the book of Job, 
many of the prophets, you're going to see that a lot of the Bible is, is about deep pain and suffering. There's a lot of the scripture that deals with unresolved things. And we sometimes can miss that if we don't listen to the fours, if we don't recognize the gift of sitting in the melancholy. Um, and so, I, I won't say that all the prophets in the Bible are fours, uh, but I definitely think that, that, four prophet, that a lot of the prophets were, were talking about difficult things, things people did not necessarily want to hear. And so, uh, one example would be Jeremiah, who was a prophet in the Old Testament, and he's actually called the weeping prophet, if that gives you a little clue into um, his, his ability to sit in the melancholy. He was a prophet between 626 and 586 BC. He wrote the book of Jeremiah where we learn that God says that he set Jeremiah apart before he was born to be, to be a prophet. Now that's what every four wants to hear, right? That you were set apart, that you were called for something unique and purposeful. So Jeremiah was also a creative. So a lot of times when he would present God's truth or God's messages to other people, he would use these creative ways of doing it. So one commentary I read talks about um, how Jeremiah walked around wearing an actual oxen, oxen yoke to drive home his message. Okay? And people were probably like, Jeremiah, so dramatic. You know? But, but that creativity allowed him to drive home something that was a, a very powerful point. Now unfortunately, Jeremiah also had a very painful life. Um, because he was prophesying things people didn't want to hear, a lot of times he was rejected. In fact, um, one commentary I read said that Jeremiah was even rejected by his own family. He felt abandoned by his own parents. And again, for a four, you have that sense, that fear that people are going to abandon you. And yet, Jeremiah is also able to show us what, he, what I think he knew deep in the core of his being, that no matter who abandons us, that God never will. People believe that the book of Lamentations was written by Jeremiah. And if you look at the book of Jeremiah of Lamentations, it is five chapters. It's poetic, but it is all, like, as the chapter describes, it's, it's lament. It is, it is heaviness. It is sorrow. To give you just a little brief understanding of Lamentations, I'm going to give a sampling here. He says, My eyes will flow unceasingly without relief until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees. Joy is gone from our hearts. Our dancing is turned to mourning. This is why I weep and my eyes overflow with tears. No one is near to comfort me. No one to restore my spirit. And you might think, again, we kind of want that happy ending. You might look at the end of Lamentations and think, surely there's going to be this, like, beautiful resolution. But the book of Lamentations ends with, Why do you always forget us? Why do you forsake us for so long? Restore us to yourself, Lord, that we may return. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and are angry with us beyond measure. We, it's uncomfortable to sit in that sometimes, right? But, but that's what, what um, I think Jeremiah brought, was just this honest reflection of what was happening around him. This, he wrote this passage or this, this book of the Bible during a time when, um, when his people were under siege by an enemy territory. And so he's watching destruction. He's watching suffering. And he's honestly able to, to write that down for others to experience. But I will say this. Um, there's a Bible co commentary by Mary Jane uh, Shane who says, The great paradox is that even though the author believes God has abandoned them, he also knows they have no hope apart from God. In a very deep way, it's similar to Jesus' cry from the cross, she says, when he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Listen, if Jeremiah really believed God had abandoned them, she says, what would be the point of crying out to him? 
And so the author of Lamentations even foreshadows this, this gift of, of Jesus dying for us on the cross. I think it's fitting even that we celebrate communion today because I think fours allow us to, communion is really this complex thing where we're sitting in the sacrifice of God and maybe we don't always want to have to look at that, but it's, it's something that we need to do to wrestle with. And I want to say, even though Lamentations does not end with a positive, we do get in the middle of Lamentations, we get this moment, this spurt of like hope that, that Jeremiah shares. He says this, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is good to those who hope in him, to the one who seeks him. For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love, for he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. And I want us to sit in that, again, that helps us to remember if you are a four, you can have these deep and melancholy emotions, but don't forget at the end of the day, don't sit in those so long that you forget that God does love you, that God's compassion never fails, and that his love for you never runs out. We're going to close here now, but I would just say this. If you're in relationship with a four, maybe especially if you have a four child, um, be very careful not to put down or minimize their emotions. Don't say things like, oh, you're so dramatic. It's not that big a deal. Like, they stop, stop feeling all the feelings, right? Like, fours need to know that they are appreciated and seen and valued. Um, I think sometimes, even if you don't fully understand the four's emotions, it can be helpful to just mirror back, reflect back to them what they're saying to you so they feel like you're seeing and you're understanding them. Brandy says this, she wishes as a four that more people knew that her main motivation is authenticity. You will never catch me telling anyone what they want to hear or pretending to be something I'm not, she says. And sometimes it can come across like I'm a Debbie Downer, but that's never my intention. I simply want to be understood, so I share the good, the bad, and the ugly. Learn from fours to sit in pain with others. Try to offer them the gift they bring to us to let them express all their emotions without being, trying to fix them. And again, recognize that fear of abandonment and how that may play out in their life. And finally, I would just say this. I would say fours, and even to everyone here, if, you, if you're someone who feels maybe misunderstood, overlooked, um, like you're too much for other people, here's what I think God would say to you today. I think God would say, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And that means my love cannot be broken. I see you. I see you. You are not too much for me. In fact, your emotions reflect the depth of my own I will not abandon or forsake you. In me, you are not lacking. You have all that you need. Your identity is secure. You don't need to strive for purpose. Your obedience to me in love brings significance to even ordinary tasks. Enjoy my presence as I create with you. I am the master creator and your creations reflect that piece of me. Let me meet you in the melancholy moments. Let me hold you when you think no one else understands. And no matter what anyone else has done or said to you or will say or do to you, I am not going anywhere, beloved. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you never leave us, that you always see us, that even when we feel our most unlovable, our most um, emotional, our most whatever, um, God, that you hold space for us I thank you that, um, um, that you understand us. Jesus, that you are the one that 
was despised and rejected and, and no one understood you. So of all people, you surely understand exactly what we're going through. And I pray, God, that each person here would feel just an incredible sense of, of that genuine love that you have for them and know that it is never going anywhere. We love you. Amen.